0: Welcome to Deciphering Spain, the podcast where I, Jessica Vicardasa, Organiser-in-Chief of Decipher Linguistic Services in Malaga, a relocation and admin service for expats, introduce you to the wonderful people I've met in Spain since I moved here first in 2008. A notoriously bureaucratic country, but with an exceptional quality of life, once you get it right, the aim of Decipher is to ensure my clients and anyone who passes through my social media loves Spain as much as I love Spain. So join us as we discuss the weird, the wonderful, the frustrating, and the downright fabulous life that living in Spain can afford you. Welcome. It's okay, we're rustling sushi trays, but that's okay. That is, <laughs> that is the reality of... Life in Malaga city centre. <laughs> it's not it's not a typical snack. It is not. It's not a typical snack, but it was very warm. So it's it's what was available on the Just Eat app. So I'm here with Hanny Martini, one of the most no- notorious expats in Malaga City. Wow. Known by everyone, I would say. Amazing. And, uh, if they don't know her in person, they know her from afar. Um. So tell what us. What can I say to that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> tell us who you are and how you ended up in Spain. What's your name? Where did you go from? There you go. <laughs> um well
1: as you said Hanny martini i've been here for the last seven years and i kind of ended up here on a bit of a whim to be quite honest i came out here for um a couple of months on an extended holiday kind of a working holiday i had to have a remote business so um yeah i came on an extended holiday went back to the uk at the time my son was 15 and um so he had to go back to school and so on and so forth and then he came home very wet and cold and miserable one november afternoon and it was dark by the time he got home from school because that's how it is in the uk in november and he's like "Mom, i just wish we were back in Spain again and so by the time we went to bed that evening i had booked the ferry and your wish is my command my son my son (laughs) (laughs) so we came over that was november and we came over in february and brilliant so a snap decision snap decision rented an airbnb for six weeks so we could do a bit of house hunting knew we wanted it to be in the malaga area but um having spent the two weeks west of malaga we wanted to try out the east of malaga area and so yeah just rented an airbnb there and then went and found something to rent long term and the rest is history
0: fantastic mm. what did you expect what are your expectations for kind of living in spain well i guess because i would had that two months here it was
1: Although it was an extended holiday, I was working. And so I got kind of a bit of a taste of, of real life. And so actually, I think my expectations have fairly well matched up to the reality of living here. I expected to be more relaxed, to have slower mornings, to enjoy the climate. I mean, obviously, that is one of the main drivers for most of us coming from northern Europe down here. Um, and yeah, just to kind of, I just really, for me, I wanted something that was just different from the culture that I've been brought up in. and. It could have been anywhere in, in many ways you know if somebody if i'd gone to southeast asia for a couple of months and loved it we might have ended up there but spain is so accessible because of the the, the amount of time it takes to mm. get from the uk it's two and a half hours from where i live in the uk on the plane so um yeah so what i expected was pretty much what i got which is just a much better quality of life in my opinion excellent and do you have any regrets or any mm. regrets
0: not from moving but any regrets of Things you would have done differently, or things you would have done. Yeah,
1: I mean, I wouldn't have come over in the car in February and had to drive down through Northern Spain because we actually got snowed in on the
0: motorway. Oh, bad an enormous
1: snow, dr- horrible, horrible drifts. It was absolutely <laughs> awful, terrifying. Um, I also, funny enough, when I left the UK, we pretty much packed everything up and either sold it or gave it, gave most of our stuff entire contents of the house and the furniture and everything to charity and i kind of wish i'd thought that through a little bit more and brought some of my some more of my own belongings you know, because okay. clearly over the over the course of the years you know i've kind of collected stuff again but there was stuff that i'm like this is really stupid that i'm rebuying this and i had it in the uk and i could have just put it in a so would you town. have
0: stored stuff for a few months and then brought it over? Or would you have just packed it all in and said, well, I can, well,
1: I can and take, I think I'm take. that's what we did we packed it into one car and it's like, what fits in the car is coming. And the, the, the maneuver, the, the um, logistics and the final 24 hours of what was coming and what was going there those maybe piles and definite piles and whatever. Um, but I probably would have just stored it for six weeks while I was house hunting. And then once I found my kind of long-term rental, shipped it down in, in a
0: man in a van I did bring stuff that I could I know when every time I see it in the house I know that I could buy it here I'm still kind of happy that I have it my Nutribullet mm-hmm. which I brought in a handbag my Kenwood processor mm-hmm. blender processor you know all that kind of stuff I that left half of it in my
1: first airbnb
0: place. Oh. <laughs> <That> was
1: <a laughs> waste of space wasn't it <laughs>
0: they're not small so I think funny. I got the cut the Kenwood over in like two trips because I was coming over in flights all the time
1: yeah yeah that was annoying um but yeah I brought a few little bits and pieces like that but they're like the neutral that I've ended up rebuying it's stuff that yeah I brought weirds, I brought my Nespresso machine which was super important yeah in those days still mega mega important so yeah it was but but there was so much more that I could have brought um I can't actually think of any specifics now but I know that has been one thing that's played on my mind. there are
0: people mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm that I'm talking to now and working with now and they are literally bringing their last teaspoon.
1: Yeah I wouldn't and have done I'm that and actually trying me, to talk people
0: out of that level of moving.
1: Yeah I think the reason why I didn't bring any more than a car for was because it was actually super cathartic to just get rid of everything. It felt like a completely mm-hmm. clean slate it felt like a completely new start. I'd kind of went over my twenties, I was a real and, and early 30s, I was a real proper grown-up. So well, I had you all had this, a child, obviously. But um I had all these dinner sets and all that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. We don't really host dinner parties here in Spain yeah. so much, so that that wasn't needed. But I had all of this stuff and I just accumulated and had a big four-bedroom house and Victorian terrace, and it was beautiful and everything was wonderful. And I spent all of this money on curtains thing. and things. Mm. And I kind of just really wanted a clean start from that lifestyle, from that life, from my corporate life, from my, you know, 2.4 kids, you know, h- house in, in the suburbs and all of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so getting rid of a lot of it was very cathartic, but yeah, I feel like that was probably a happy meeting there. Yeah.
0: Anyway. So, okay, you've got no regrets and that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. No real regrets, no regrets no, I mean, this, is, this is not, this is not, not No regrets that dramatic would affect thing, you, no dramatic. No. Um. But, but, from your experience in Spain in the last six years, what did you not expect? What were the experiences that you had that you thought, oh my God, that's surprising, either for the good or bad? Um,
1: learning Spanish was harder than I thought it was going to be. Okay. I did Spanish at school, um, up to A-level, and so in my mind, I had that base level of Spanish there but I completely overlooked the fact that it was 20 years ago and who the fuck remembers what they did 20 years ago. Um, And also it was the kind of school Spanish which we just don't use in day-to-day life in Spain. And so I thought I was coming over with kind of a base of Spanish, which of course I was, there's still stuff in there that, that has been dredged up, but it really felt like learning Spanish from scratch. And that felt at times impossible. You know it felt like i was never going to get over this next hump because it kind of you know learning spanish for me has happened in waves you know you kind of make really quick improvement then you kind of plateau Mm. and it almost feels like you make a dip again and like going backwards and so um so i didn't expect that i thought because i in my mind i was a natural linguist i had done french at school as well and i was like it'd be fine and and it was yeah it was harder than i thought it was going to be and i put myself into some really difficult social situations on on the basis of learning Spanish, but also because I'm a very sociable person. But I just remember being at dinner parties with all Spanish people. And by 9, 9.30, I just wanted to cry or sleep. Because I was like, this is so hard. Yeah, And it's getting harder the more everybody sits and drinks and exactly. talks louder. And, talks and to be fair, one.
0: I didn't learn my, my Spanish in Malaga. I learned my Spanish in Central Spain, where it's very different. Not better, not worse. It's just a very different language. So coming to Malaga was almost... An education for me in the Spanish yeah. language, and when I was with Esme this morning, I went to get us coffee and jewels and the co- the cafe that I went into to buy them in, I literally have no idea what anyone said to me. Amazing, not a single word. I know there was a girl there chatting to me about how her husband told her to clean up the kids' room, and she said, "What do you think I'm going to do that on a Saturday for? It's not even eight o'clock." Anyway, I don't know. They were having a row, and I was in. I was in on it. <laughs> other than that other than that all i know is i paid 360 for our (laughs) six children and our two coffees that's a bar an
1: absolute bar um yeah actually it's hilarious because my boyfriend is malagueño he's Mm. from malaga um born and bred in malaga lived has lived away for a long time but you know ultimately it's his language and he talks with a malaga accent but when we go out to torox which is east of malaga it's about 30 minutes east of, of malaga city or we can go into some bars and he's like i literally do not understand what these people are saying because it's almost diet it's not dialect but it's no, almost it's dialect. dialect the accent's so strong so yeah that as well was really a big deal to overcome because when i first moved here now i live in the in the right in the center of malaga city which is incredible and much more international and whatever but when i first moved here i moved to a tiny little village up a little pueblo blanco white village up in the mountains which is beautiful, but my God, the, way, the accent there. Yeah, and yeah. so that was where I learned Spanish. You
0: know? I mean, if you learn so there. now I speak with a the weird
1: Malaga accent
0: as well. I mean, if you have learned there, then you can essentially speak anywhere. Yeah. Really. Even well, the little exactly cafe so. that I bought the coffee and the in this morning. Yeah. What about the difference between, say, the Pueblo Blanco? Because a lot of people come over and they're like, you know, I, I want this place in the sun and I've seen it and I want the lazy way of life and the village way of life. Like, which did you prefer or which would you going back now would you come immediately to the city or would you go and do the pueblo blanco experience
1: i mean i definitely don't regret having done that pueblo blanco experience and i read um if anybody's listening to this with desires of moving to spain or having just moved to spain i read driving over lemons amazing amazing book um memoirs of a guy who who's really entertaining writer and storyteller and he moved to um, Granada province and it was brilliant. And they did up this rickety old um, barn. I'm sure many of your listeners will have read the book. Um, and I read that and I had this idyllic idea about living in the countryside and getting to know the real people and having your neighbor drop off olive oil or whatever yeah. and all of that kind of thing. And it really is like that. I mean, living in Andalusia in one of the little towns is just like that. And so that time, I will never regret, it was absolutely amazing. However, I also think it's very important to really be honest with yourself about who you are at, in, in your core. Most of us are, sorry about that, don't worry, don't um, worry. most of us are either um, city people or country people at yeah. heart, you know, and we can yeah. have a bit of both and we like a bit of both, but generally, you know, if somebody put a gun to your head and said, where would you, if you had to choose, where would you spend the rest of your life? Okay. I think. One, two, three, country. (laughs) Definitely the city.
0: We can visit each other.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that's also, that's what's amazing about Malaga specifically. And I know, you know, listeners will be looking at all areas of Spain, but if you can get somewhere that's got sea, mountains, and city, there's no beating it. And I think that's what's great about here. So yeah, living out in the country was fabulous. I had that experience, but ultimately for me, the country life isn't for me, you know, it's a lot of work. And I'm so hyper sociable, as you know. I didn't get my fix of people up there. I find it very, very difficult. The expat community is very different in the mountains than it is down here. The Spanish community is very different as well and and because I wasn't really speaking Spanish then. So yeah, but but I love both. I love, I love all of it.
0: Okay, Mm day-to-day. You work remotely, Mm -hmm. you're living in Malaga City Centre. What is your day-to-day like and what is your favourite part of your week? Oh, oh my goodness.
1: My day today is actually all over the place. Generally, I'll work, uh, I'll get up super slowly. I have a really nice, easy morning, Have my, get up, get my coffee, go back to bed, usually bring my laptop with me, catch up on emails and stuff, and then get up, shower, and get to the office um, for around 11, usually, 10, 30, 11, uh, do a few hours there, and then wrap up around three which is lunchtime here um have some lunch whether that be at home or whether that be more often will be out Mm -hmm. somewhere and then um maybe a little rest or siesta usually um just kind of go home and do a bit of mooching about and then and then have some dinner in the evening so pretty relaxed uh very sociable um
0: my favourite part of my week, that's such a good question.
1: I really love Friday lunch
0: times. So we're just saying well, that's really interesting because Esme, who I just interviewed, her favourite part of her week is Monday mornings. Well that's weird. I know.
1: I mean, honestly. My favorite when part of my listen, work you're... week is Monday morning because Ooh. I feel really motivated and I've got lots to do and catch up on and because mm. I knock off at ridiculous, well, I don't bother working Fridays usually. So but for, I freaking love Friday lunch times because yeah friday's always been my favorite weekend day anyway even though technically it's not the weekend Uh, um but yeah friday lunchtime's aperitivo there's like a really good afterworks vibe here so most businesses especially professional services will will finish at lunchtime on friday and so if you go into the market where there's, there's tapas bars within the market if you go to any kind of bar around town there's just such a good weekend vibe on Friday from around 1.32 o'clock. I yeah. love the market on Friday afternoon.
0: I love the market any time. I love one of my favourite places to just go and have a little drink and then see what happens. Yeah. I mean, the last That's time totally. I went to the market for a sherry on a Wednesday morning, I got home at 3 a.m. So you did.
1: <laughs> so I did. Can, I cannot disclose whether I was or whether I was not part of that. <laughs> um, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, Friday afternoons is my
0: favorite time. Brilliant of the week. I mean, yeah, that's a really good one. Okay, so when people are moving to Spain, yeah. and you as a very, uh, you have a great online presence in saying the Malaga expat circles, and um, generally speaking, with your with your online work and stuff mm-hmm. like that. For anyone who is go cl- thinking of moving, actually making a plan to move. Would you suggest Facebook as a place to go for information? How do you feel about Facebook groups? We all know how I feel about them. I feel those. like this is a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, they're very bittersweet. I, I, I was just saying that for me, they're very, they're, they're very bittersweet in that I get a lot of business through them, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I want to cry when I see some of the uh dodgy dodgy information and huge negativity that goes on in them
1: yeah look here's the thing from my perspective with Facebook groups they they have a place like there's so much great information out there in the collective knowledge you Mm. know people in numbers have good information but it's about asking the right questions in the right way and and not asking stupid questions essentially which unfortunately you're probably going to fall into one camp or the other. So, for example, I did see that my dad loves a Facebook uh, expat group. He's recently moved to Spain in the last six months. And um, he did post in the other day, can anybody recommend a good local broker for car insurance? And I'm like, actually, that is a good thing to post into a Facebook group because really what you want is personal recommendations, not just, yeah. not just, um, you know, Obviously, you can Google it, but what you're looking for is somebody who says, actually, I had a really great experience with this company. They were super helpful. They speak English, Don't, whatever it is you need. Yes. So for, for that kind of thing, I actually think it's really good. But it's um, the way you
0: ask the question. It's
1: the way you ask the question, and it is the question you ask as well. If you, if it's like, has your Mercadona got any... Um, broccoli. Broccoli, for example. For example. Uh, and you're asking the whole of Spain, then... Your mental or if it's something like that's not even related to being an expat in Spain. Oh, there's so often questions like, uh, has, has anyone lost their hearing in their left ear? Uh, and what did you do about it type of thing, but nothing to do with living in Spain, you know? Yeah. So I think they have their place. Unfortunately, they are also full of keyboard warriors who have absolutely nothing better to do at their time than, than get into a nice Barney. So, I think if you're not sensitive they can be super useful mm. if you are sensitive probably best to avoid stick away stay yeah, away. yeah. I mean it's and so much better to just build a real community around you like of actual real life human beings yeah. I know that's it is easy for me it comes naturally to me I'm extremely extravagant very sociable and I understand that it is not that easy for everybody I do understand that but but everybody can find people that they've got common interests with you know um my dad's just got himself a little allotments and now he's got his allotment crowd he's going to start doing some uh, martial arts so then he'll have people that he does martial arts with and I'm like it's really important that you build a community for yourself mm-hmm. and you know with people who have com- commonalities and common interests and and then you can actually just go and ask those IRL in real life people yeah. instead of going to a Facebook group Agreed. that would be my number one
0: tip so okay you mentioned your dad has has his allotment crowd and he'll have his allotment crowd and then he'll have his martial arts crowd and yeah. then you know the more activities and the more things that you do obviously the more people that you that you start to meet do you think that there is a divide whether that be positive or negative between the spanish community and the expat community
1: i mean of course there is to an extent because we are very different culturally We're we're very different and i think you know, it depends how, as an individual, it depends how well integ- how well integrated you choose to be or how you want, how you choose to integrate or not integrate yourself with the local community. I don't think, I think here in Malaga, we're especially fortunate. People are very, very welcoming of mm. foreigners, um, of expats, of immigrants. And so we can go into any business and, and make friends or, you know, become a regular customer and be just as valuable as somebody who's lived here for 20 years um or for their whole life uh but of course there's always going to be a divide between different and, and actually here on the Costa del Sol we have so many people from so many different countries and so many different parts of the world there's also then even uh divides between different expat groups yeah. so you've got the the Swedes or the, or the Nordics and the, the Scandis and the and then you've got the Brits and the Irish and whatever you know we've all, all got our own little pockets of of um, groups within the expats almost i mean we you and i personally don't because we're very multi-national
0: we are yeah definitely just
1: have your little irish group i don't just have my little british
0: something that i know that I, i say to people all the time when i'm sounding them out to see if i want to spend time working with them or not because when i when i am working with people it's it's usually for a few months so once and twice shy i've had my nightmare clients and i've had wonderful clients and now i have to sound people out mm. and one of the things that i absolutely refuse to do is work with sun seekers just people who want to move to the sun it's not my buzz my whole thing is i want people to love spain as much as i love spain and if yeah. i can help you get there then that's great um but i'm not looking to work with people who just want to drink pints and eat pies no in the sun and you laugh, of course, and I laugh because it's just not our people. No. But it's really not my people on any level. <laughs> not on a work level, not on a social no. level, not on any level. No.
1: But, you know, everybody can find their people here. And that's yes. the thing. I think we find our people, pie pie and pint people find their other pie and pint people. And, yeah. you know, and that's life. all fine. And we can all live harmoniously. In separate. To do with each
0: other. <laughs> In separate lanes. <laughs> absolutely okay so um covid 19 hit last year it was all awful and um, spain quickly got over it and mm-hmm. said do you want fuck that let normal life pre- resume more or less yeah more than other countries but travel hasn't really resumed no. so staycations are the word of the year mm-hmm. everyone in ireland is staycationing and in the uk they're staycationing in spain what would be your like ideal staycation your weekend away in spain
1: oh so many it does depend on the time of year can i, do I
0: have okay, to, yeah, down to one? You no you don't have to narrow it down to one you okay, can give me so a winter
1: one and a summer one for me summer i i ab- okay i absolutely love cali's province i yeah. just think the beaches on the atlantic coast of spain are incredible i haven't done the northern atlantic coast but that is somewhere i'm absolutely desperate to get to like i really want to do astorias calithea But um, down here in in the south, that Atlantic coast is stunning. The beaches are amazing. I'm from Devon in the UK, uh, right on the Cornwall border, Plymouth on the Cornwall border. So I spent my entire life up until I moved here with those amazing, beautiful beaches. And the beaches in Calais province really remind me of the beaches in Cornwall, just a vast, sweeping you know yellow sand yeah. and absolutely gorgeous we're, we're going sand. on
0: wednesday oh and i've never brought marycia down to Cardiff because i'm actually 100 percent legitimately terrified that he'll just say right this is me i live here now and, and i do love it but i'm also a social person and i need to be around people yeah it's not for
1: <laughs> for me it's not for it wouldn't be somewhere i could live i for example there's a town called tarifa in Cardiff province i adore it it's like a little surf town it's like everything good about the surf towns in in, in Cornwall, but even better because the architecture is just so beautiful. The history is amazing. It's a Moorish town. Oh, it's just, oh, I love it. I love, love, love it. And I could live there if it was within half an hour, of like Malaga city, Malaga Airport and all that. Okay. It's just too remote for me. Yeah. You know, it's too remote. But it's a stunning, stunning place to visit. So anybody getting the chance to visit Cadiz province, absolutely must and just summertime there's just something special about summer in andalusia yeah. nobody works in august and I, that is a sweeping statement but it is not entirely inaccurate i
0: really tried hard not to yeah. <laughs> well, my you plan was walk... oh, very annoying <laughs>
1: um yeah so people don't work everyone's just so laid back relaxed long 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 lazy lunches hot lunches on the beach and chiringuitos eating fresh grilled seafood and Oh, it really is like the, you know, the thing in, it's something out of a novel. It's fabulous. Yes. So that's number one. Um, and then oh, I love a city break. Yes. I love, as I've already said, I'm very much a city person, so I love a city break. And I think one of my top cities for a city break would be Bilbao. I would agree. Up yeah. in the north of Spain. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I thought it was going to be very, very industrial, which no. it is. I mean, it's it still is. still an industrial the port. S- the centre is. But wonderful. I think what they've done so well is tie in the old town, which is really as beautiful as any other old city in Spain, mm-hmm. with um, the industrial side and then some incredible modern architecture. And it's just such a cool city. I think it's such a cool city and the food up there is amazing.
0: The food yeah. and the drink. And you can get to the Rioja so easily. Get to the Rioja really yeah, easily. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm I agree. Mm. Definitely. And you can go there kind of in the summer to escape the heat as well. It's yeah, really exactly. Good.
1: I think going up north, actually a lot of a lot of people from down here who, who live in Malaga year-round actually do go up north during the summer yes. uh,
0: when everyone else descends on Malaga. Um, so that's actually my next question. Mm-hmm. People who visit me and they'll often say to me, God, I think I'll I'll go over and see you in the summer. And I say, No, don't. Come in the winter come when your winter is an absolute nightmare and you need to get a bit of sun yeah because last year christmas day we were sitting around my my um table having christmas dinner at 23 degrees yeah do you prefer winter or summer in malaga
1: i prefer summer in malaga just because i'm such a sun person although if you'd asked me that this morning as i was walking <laughs> to the shop and literally dripping in sweat and 70 something percent humidity i would have said no but i I just love the, like I say, this really relaxed feel that Malaga has during summer, Mm -hmm. Andalusia on in general has during summer. Um, That said, I do prefer winter clothes, and I do like to wear a boot and a jacket. You you do love a boot and a jacket, Um, and uh, winter here is glorious. I I find the cold nights hard.
0: Yeah, now people don't actually understand that it does get cold here, but again, it's the humidity the same as it's not 40 degrees out there it's probably 28 but the humidity makes it feel so hot and in this in the winter it's the same i i remember last winter january i think actually crying yeah because i was so cold to your bones and it's
1: horrible and this is the other thing people don't understand especially when they're listening in the uk or ireland where we all have wooden either wooden floors or usually wooden floors with carpet over the top Mm. or whatever curtains central heating underfloor heating yeah, there's none of whatever. that here there's none of that here we're in a room now with tile floors as mm-hmm. it has every single apartment very very high ceiling very high ceilings old doors not double glazed it's yeah. not geared up for those few it, it is only two or three months in the winter it's usually february and march for i was me gonna to say worst. february and march yeah oh.
0: because up to january i think i'm happy february and march is when it gets cold and rainy
1: yeah horrid and that during that time of year, I go. Uh, I I fly. South. You you
0: leave. She she follows the swallows. I do. So she's said with the flamingos in Chile. I do. So yeah, for me, summer. Is... Okay. Right. Are you a siesta? Worshiper? In the summer.
1: In the summer. In the summer. Don't really siesta in the winter. Christmas Christmas time, I generally siesta. So, December. The, and back-to-back <laughs> partying. December, yeah. When I say Christmas time, I mean the entire month <laughs> of December. Um, oh, what a great December we had last year. Didn't we? Oh, listen. And this year's going to be even better. It is. Because we've planned for it. We have. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But generally, like, the shoulder seasons, autumn and spring, um, I don't siesta. But... I will if I'm tired, if I've had a late night the night before, but summer I do. Like this, you know, when you leave this afternoon, I'll be head down on the sofa for 25 minutes and up.
0: So this is another thing that I was discussing with Esme because she said she's so high energy and she's not really a big sleeper anyway. So siesta is not her, not really her thing. When I was working in an office, eight hours, really close to here, I, and I, I lived really close as well. So I used to leave the office, go home have my lunch that I'd already prepared so that I like this was all calculated down to the last minute Mm -hmm. I would do a pajama and under the sheet siesta for 25 minutes and then go back to the office I am very committed to the siesta life I I do enjoy under the sheet siesta I do if I'm going to do it I'm not going on the sofa I want to get into the pajamas
1: get into bed yeah I get into nothing and get into bed but yeah I do like to get under the sheets for sure but I'm I can also do it on the sofa also just 25 minutes
0: but the key is do not sleep for more than 25 yeah, minutes yeah that is the key definitely or you'll wake up and you won't know who you are where you are you'll what be groggy you'll have awful. a hangover even though you weren't drinking for your sister which is just a waste of a hangover which really. never would not be
1: drinking for sister. exactly a...
0: Un- unlikely unlikely <laughs> okay so bars and gastronomy malaga has the highest end you know all of the celebrity chefs have their restaurants here in Mm -hmm. malaga marbella and all the rest of it then you also have like the the medium range stuff like our sushi that we got and then you have the real dive bars Mm -hmm. where you don't understand the people and you can get two coffees and a bag of churros for 360 Mm -hmm. and i mean the guy beside me ordered shots with his i mean he sounds like our people (laughs) (laughs) exactly so when, I mean, people will often walk by bars in Managa and see a real grimy floor full of serviettes and full of shit and think, I'm not going to go in there. What would your take on it be? Would you prefer the fine dining experience or would you rather go in with Pepe and Paco?
1: I mean, Pepe and Paco all the way, all the way. I love a dive bar and I could spend all day, every day in dive bars. I also really do enjoy the high end gastronomy scene that Malaga has. And we have some amazing local talent, like people who have worked in, you know, their way through different restaurants in Malaga and now have their own restaurants and, and some incredible, innovative, delicious, delicious cuisine. Um, But on a day to day basis, I'm all about the, you know, the beer and the tapa for two euros and the, the hilarity of the conversation happening around you and, watching the world go by and really feeling yeah. life as a spaniard
0: and the reason that i ask this is because when people come kind of for the first couple of weeks they're usually in an airbnb while we're looking for them to get you know a long-term rental or something yeah and they say yeah we went for lunch in this great place up in plaza la merced and i'm like you didn't
1: no
0: you i can tell you now you didn't go for a great lunch <laughs>
1: you, went you might have food.
0: you went and had food somewhere but i can tell you now you didn't have a great lunch mm. And." this is the kind of the information that I want people to get that you know what don't be put off by a mucky floor or a bar full of glasses that haven't been cleared that just means they're busy
1: well you know I I get it I get it's very intimidating when you walk past a bar like that not just not just because even if you can overlook the fact that serviettes all over the floor which is actually a cultural thing because it's it's actually not poor hygiene it is historically we would just wipe our hands throw the serviette on the floor and every so often someone will come around and sweep them Mm. up that's that's actually good manners here but even if you can get past that bit, it's then not knowing how to order, what you're ordering. If you don't speak the language and that's a barrier, it can be terrifying, especially if the bar's busy and loud. And yeah, and you don't know what you're doing, which is exactly why. It's a shameless plug here, uh, which is exactly why I set up the company, The Food Experience. We do food tours, tapas tours and um and so on and it is really about introducing people to how to do how to do food like a local in Spain and not to be scared of it you know once you know some basic rules you've got your tapas 101 like you can you can navigate doing tapas or any bar in any any city in Spain and so it's it is intimidating I completely understand that but I would 100% encourage anyone to just go Put your big, big girl pants on and, and walk in the bar and point <laughs> at things and watch what people are, watch what's coming out of the kitchen and what other people are ordering and just give it a go.
0: Yeah, no, and I would absolutely agree. And I know that I probably had it easy when I moved to Spain first in that people thought I was cute and foreign and young and they just brought me everywhere. Yeah, it was um, nice. It was lovely. Um, but... I didn't have to go through the panic of oh my god do i go in do i not go in do i but i really want people to know that it's good to go in yeah go in point at things whether it's pepe right. or paco they're gonna they'll pick up the bottle they'll put it in the glass and they'll charge you what they're going to charge you for it and yeah you, know, you won't regret that so st- staying with the with the food theme wouldn't mm-hmm. be like us we're not we're not really we're not into it
1: <laughs> if, if i was on mastermind it would be my special subject absolutely
0: um, so when I moved to Spain I was 20 and I suddenly discovered this really weird world where everyone met for dinner at 10 uh-huh. and then went home after breakfast the next day yeah yeah and breakfast was accompanied by beer because it's not a real drink oh that's fine it's, <laughs> it's like your post-drinking drink it's like your post-drinking drink and it was just amazing so I did that, I suppose, for four years or so, where Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I did not go home until the sun had come up and I considered it an absolute failure if I did not see a sunrise or breakfast at least. Amazing. Now I probably prefer uh let's meet at lunchtime or say at a period of devo time, go for lunch, see what happens. I mean, yes, maybe I'll end up at home at two or three in the morning, mm-hmm. but maybe I won't. But I probably don't More go to the, she will or the More likely she will. <laughs> More likely she will um but i don't kind of go home at the 6 7 a.m point anymore the way i used to which do you prefer which is your i mean i love both
1: well covid has actually been the savior and destroyer of us when it comes to doing yeah six seven a.m finishes because there was um the, the um curfew here in spain for a long time, and so, and even now, we're limited to. I think nightclubs can only open till two o'clock two, in the morning, whereas yes. previously they could open till six or seven o'clock in the morning, Whenever, yeah twenty four hours a day. So we we we're all really out of practice when it comes to drinking our way through the night. um And this summer's felt a bit weird, actually, because what I loved about what I've loved about summers previously is that you get you almost get two days out of a twenty four hour period because you get your morning and you get up and you have your lunch and, blah, 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 and then yeah. you go and have your sister and then you slowly get back to life after the siesta and you do your laundry and your chores in the house and you have a shower and you relax and you go and out. Watch a bit of telling and then you go out and meet your mates for dinner, like I say at 10 10 30 in the evening and you you've almost got another day there you know yeah. so you, your day's kind of broken into two um but so i'm mega out of practice i do love both but honestly all my life i think even when i was really young i've, I've loved partying i love going out and i love going to nightclubs whatever but I've definitely been a, a more of a day drinker you know Like I put me on a in, in in England before I moved here stick me in a pub garden at lunchtime yeah and, and know, leave me there come back,
0: back for me when they close yeah yeah or when they find Magnus and everyone's drinking in those days excellent good choice <laughs> so right you've been here six years yeah you have a wonderful life I think we can all agree <laughs> what advice would you give to Hanny Martini getting on that ferry? Uh, stay stay overnight. <laughs> stay overnight
1: or for a couple of nights in Santander and don't drive down through the snow. <laughs> um my advice to Hanni Martini would be um just get out there and 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 make that like have the most fun you can make the best of it meet as many people as you can. Making friends in as an expat is difficult. You know it's like you've got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your people. Occasionally you'll meet someone and you'll be like oh, magic these are this is my person but you act, you do you do certainly when you first hear I think it's safe to say most people would agree that you find your friendship group is really weird like you're with people you're friends with people who you wouldn't be wouldn't have been friends with in the UK yeah. uh but it's that's good it serves a purpose and you have you know you have a social life whatever but I would say yeah just go for it and and put yourself in situations that make you feel uncomfortable and don't be afraid to try new things.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you very much Thank you for telling us all about your experience here, and I hope you have many more happy years. It's been a pleasure, and I hope I've inspired some listeners to take the plunge. Well, so do I. (laughs) Speak soon. If you think that Spain holds the key to a better life for you, and you're sick to death of conflicting information on Facebook groups, first of all, join the club. Feel free to contact me to book a call at www.decipherlinguisticservices.com. I don't mince my words, I'll tell you what is what, and if I don't think Spain is for you, you will be the first to know.